Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. The Caribbean islands are world famous for their lush beaches and laid-back way of life. Not least to mention the food and the music. Today we will focus on the island of Trinidad and Tobago, affectionately known as TNT. My guest today is versed well in the Caribbean way of life and is eager to share with us her own experience. Her name is Sansi Francis. Sansi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Nate. I'm really excited to do this. Awesome. Well, thanks again for uh, making time to come on. I know we've got a, a five-hour time difference, uh, but I'm really, really excited for this. I was in Trinidad quite a few years ago. I believe it was in 2008, and uh, it's left a special place in, in my heart, and I can't wait to get back. Well, then we did a job well done. You did indeed. So, Sansi, <laughs> just a little bit about yourself. If you could introduce yourself to the audience, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you were born and raised, and how long you've lived in Trinidad. All right. Well, as you already know, my name is Sansi, and I have lived in Trinidad and Tobago all my life. I live in a town called Maraval. It's a suburb of, of our capital, Port of Spain. And uh, my parents, who are Trinidadians as well, they have instilled in me a love of food, travel, and music, and which is at the heart of uh, what being a Trini is. Awesome. I like the way you've already shortened it to Trini, which is uh, going to be, uh, <laughs> the audience will learn very quickly that, you know, you call yourself Trinis, which is awesome. Now, I've read that um, Trinidad is the financial hub of, of the Caribbean. Is that something that you would agree with? Oh, definitely. And why we say that, uh, whereas our, uh, the other islands in the Caribbean, they're focused on tourism, we're really an industrial uh, uh, country. So we're not as well known for our beaches as the other Caribbean islands, but we're, we're, we're definitely industrial. So that um, many other Caribbean uh, people, they come to Trinidad for, uh, for opportunities for work. Mm, that's interesting. And, and where are those people from? Do they come from Jamaica or is that the main island they come for, from? from? From all the other islands. I have friends here from Jamaica, St. Kitts, uh, St. Vincent, uh, from, from all the other islands. And that's interesting. Did, do you, did you say that they come specifically for, um, you're mentioning industrial purposes. So is it is it that kind of line of work that they come for? Is it, again, you know, spread across more industries than just that? The, uh, yes, and the financial sector. So we have um, Trinidad, our economy is really based on fossil fuel. So oil, natural gas, uh, even fertilizer. So we're really, we have all the, um, all the normal aspects of an industrial country, other than I think the only thing that we don't have is a, a, a smelter plant. That's the only thing we don't have. Okay, that's really, really interesting. Now, Santi, what field of work are you in yourself? I'm, I work in the insurance industry um, uh, in claims. So we come in after the fact. Uh, we like to say that um, we're there to ensure that uh, what you paid for, you get. And in terms of the insurance industry, do you specialize in anything specifically? Uh, yeah, so we, we do claims adjusting. So, um, so, so we come in when you need to make a claim on your insurance. That's when we come in. I see. So that's our, yeah. I see. So out of interest, uh, I know this is a spontaneous question, but 
there was a recent volcanic eruption, I believe, in St. Vincent, uh, which could have claimed quite a bit of uh, financial damage. Have you had anything to do with that at all? Um, yes, uh, we've been in talks with our um, clients for the last week or so and sending out uh, little updates. Um, last week was crazy busy because of it. Ah. So e- eventually, more than likely, when the dust settles, uh, some of our um, my colleagues will have to go over there. Mm. Wow. Okay, that's that's interesting. Now, how is the um, the education system in Trinidad? Could you speak us through your own experience? All right. Well, um, it's much like the British system, but our tertiary education is free. So we've gone through the normal primary school, secondary school, and we have tertiary college, tertiary education. Sorry. Okay. Now, how how does that work? Because I believe the population of Trinidad is is just over one point four million. I think it's the sixth most populous uh, islands of of the Caribbean. So. Does that mean that the infrastructure of the schooling works differently to, to the other islands? Uh, no, it, it, it doesn't. We're all about the same because we have a, um, in the Caribbean, after leaving primary school, in order to enter into secondary school, you need to sit an exam. Um, it, it's, I can't remember the name of the exam, but that exam is done throughout the Caribbean. So we, 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 we call Caribbean adopts the um, I, I'm not sure that you do that in, in, in Britain, do you? No, we don't. <laughs> it's quite different here, actually. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, yeah, we, we do have an entry exam into secondary school ah, uh, okay. here. Secondary school is absolutely free. And then we have, um, you, know, you, you have the option to go into uh, tertiary education, if you wish. Okay. That's paid for by the government. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's a really uh, interesting uh, thing to know and in terms of the i know the port of spain which i believe is the capital of, of trinidad is that right yes that's correct so i'm just looking here that's got a population of around five hundred and fifty thousand, so just over half a million 40 percent mm-hmm. give or take of the entire population <laughs> so um, much of the sort of higher education uh done there in, in 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 you know the universities and so on is that where people go to the port of spain we do have some colleges, but then when you want to get into um, a specific field in terms of uh, our fossil fuel um, industry, you the the colleges are spaced out. So you have um, so you may have one main college, but then if you want to study uh, like something in a boiler plant, there may be a college down south that you would need to go to. So it's, it's kind of spread out. Okay. Okay. And would you say that big inequalities exist between the cities? Because obviously Port of Spain being the capital, it's probably the the hub of most of the economic activity and so forth. But is it substantially ahead of the other cities within Trinidad uh, in terms of the quality of life or in terms of the housing or job opportunities? Um, That's a good question. Uh, I would would say so, yes. Um, However... If you live in the country, you have a pretty good quality of life. And when I say quality of life, you have much more yard and and, and those kinds of things. Um, yeah, you, you you live off the land. You have way more yard. Um, Port of Spain is very much like the New York of the Caribbean. It's really busy. Mm. It's it's um, yeah. It's 
So, so I don't know, I, I wouldn't say that it's a better quality of life, but it is much more fast-paced. Right. And yeah. it's much more developed than any other town in Trinidad and Tobago. Right. And you have like high-rise buildings and things like that as well? Yeah, you do. You do. All the high-rise buildings are in Port of Spain. Right. And outside of Port of Spain, there, there, there doesn't exist even one high-rise. Is that right? Um, no, not, not really. No, no. Okay. You might get up to four floors or something outside of what is being. No more, than, no more than four floors. That's that's the limit. Yeah, no more than four floors. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and and job opportunities as well. Like if you're living, I think you kind of answered it when you said that you're out and about and you get more yard. I love that phrase. Um, we'll get to that. Maybe I'm going to ask you a bit later actually about some Trinidadian slangs. But um, I love the way you just said. I've never heard that before in my life. And you're like, yeah, you know, you get more yard, but it instantly made sense to me. So that's hilarious. But the the job opportunities where you do get more yard. Um, I assume people just live off the land, like you kind of already said that, or, or can you have, I don't know, can you work remotely or do other types of job in jobs in those cities? Is, is, is that possible? Can you ask that question again? Sorry. Yeah. So I was just really getting to the, to the point of the, the other cities where you were saying you get more yard. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of job opportunities are there for those people? Like, do they by definition live off the land or can some of them still work, you know, that sort of office life, even if they have to work remotely online? Okay. All right. So, so in Port of Spain, more than likely you're working in an office. But if you move south of the island, you're going to more than likely you're working in a field connected to um, the oil industry or natural gas industry. Um, so, yes, your home life may be a little simpler, um, but you, you're still, I dare say, you're probably. Even your earnings may be higher than uh, than than those in Port of Spain. Port of Spain is really just your office job. Your office job uh, down south, you have the specialization, the um, the boiler, the the engineers down there. The um, um, so it's, it's kind of complex. Okay, yeah, no, that, that that's very complex. But again, it's good to know for people listening that if they do end up in Port of Spain uh, and they want to base themselves there for some years, they probably will be working the, the sort of usual office life that many of them might already be familiar with. Now, getting, again, yeah. I suppose to a political situation that's that, that's been developing in, in your country, um, mm-hmm. it borders itself with Venezuela. Now, I've heard that many Venezuelans are leaving their country and coming to live in Trinidad and Tobago because of the, the tumultuous situation that they have there. Now, how is that situation evolving, Sansa? You know, is, is it causing any health and social care issues or safety issues is it adding to the housing crisis? What What's happening? How, how are the government treating these Venezuelan people that are coming in? Okay, so uh, let me explain firstly. So we are a twin island republic, right? However, Trinidad is just seven miles off the coast of Venezuela. So we're actually closer to Venezuela than we are to our sister island of Tobago. So, um, I mean, it is uh, easy and... Uh, natural course to come to hop over to Trinidad. It's uh, what a fifteen minute ride on a on a speedboat. Um, so yes, we do have uh, lots of Venezuelan people seeking refuge in our country. Um, the situation uh, Trinidadians are naturally a very welcoming people, mm. but the issue um, arising now. Uh, there's so many Venezuelan people um, that I think people are now becoming uh, uneasy 
So that the government has uh, offered um, like one-year license where they can stay and work. And every uh, at the end of that year, they could come in and renew that. What we find happening right now that lots of people are not renewing it for fear of um, getting deported. So um, it is posing a health issue, uh, especially during the pandemic. Whereas we closed our borders because of Venezuela's proximity to Trinidad, we have a little loophole. Uh, you just get on a speedboat and you come across. Um, and it's, you know, many times it's undetected. Like a friend was telling me that if the Coast Guard catches two boats a day, they may, more than likely they miss six oh coming word. in. Wow. So we, we don't have a, a real hand on how many Venezuelan people are in the country, but the situation is really bad in Venezuela. So, I mean, naturally, you want to escape it and help your family who's stuck there. So it it is posing a health crisis because whereas our borders are closed, so if you come in, you have to do two week, a two-week quarantine. However, because we have that backdoor entry, we can't be certain that uh, anybody's going to quarantine you know, so yeah, so you can imagine the problem during yeah. a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, especially yeah. with the. I mean, even in the best of times, it's a tricky situation. But like you said, during the the COVID nineteen pandemic, if they're coming in illegally, yeah. they're probably not the kind of people to to. Well, they've got too many worries on their mind. Let's be honest, and and of course, it's it's difficult and yeah, and they're just seeking refuge. Yeah, and and it makes complete sense. It's it's a very difficult situation for them and their families, and our heart goes out to. To people in in that situation but um well let's see how it develops over the sort of coming months and years as well but uh, it's nice to know that the trinidadians at the moment at least are welcoming them and hopefully the 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 crisis will slow down and maybe there you know an equilibrium can be found now getting to the um the language of trinidad obviously you're speaking to us in english with a, a beautiful accent i love the trini accent um what other languages are, are spoken there sonsi Oh, well, we speak broken English, <laughs> but, um, but uh, we, we used to, a lot of the older folks in my neighborhood in particular, uh, they speak something called Patois, which is broken French. Um, and, uh, but that's really dying out. Uh, but of course, because it, uh, we have many Venezuelans, Spanish is spoken, and because of our proximity to uh, Venezuela, it was man- it is mandatory for us to learn Spanish in school. Um, don't check me up on that. But uh, <laughs> uh, can I ask you to? So, I mean, do you know some patois? If I ask you to speak a bit of patois right now, can you can you say anything? Or? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, oh, hit, hit, hit us with like, some patois. Okay, Macale Lacay. Uh, which means I'm going home now. You know, but we have a few sayings um, uh, that we would use in normal language, and I'm, gro- I'm drawing a blank right now uh, <laughs> of some patwa sayings that we have. You know, no, but you've given us the flavour by by what you said. By the way, um, we can hear a lot of the uh, the birds in the background. I'm assuming they're parrots, but it it just goes to show what a, a diverse place Trinidad is. I mean, are, are they parrots or something else? 
Uh, they're British. I think there's a few Blue Jays. Um, I can't, I don't know the other birds are outside. I know I saw a few Blue Jays earlier and parrots pass by a lot earlier. They, they usually move early. So around six o'clock, you would hear them passing over. Of course, yeah. But, it's, that's the thing about, sorry? No, yeah, because it's six or seven in the morning for you guys, isn't it? So I suppose they're, they're quite active at that time of day. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing about where I live. I live in Marva, which is a suburb of Port of Spain. But yes, Marval is quite unique because um, we, even though we're so close to Port of Spain, we're just like six kilometers, we have a bit of a country life here. Mm. Uh, there's a place called Paramin in Marval that is absolutely country. Like you will think that you're you're in another country. It's high up in the hills. The people are very family centered. Uh, it's an agricultural community. It's absolutely gorgeous, um, but it's, it's right there in Marvel. It's just so, so close to town, but yet uh, so far. That's like the best of both, isn't it? It's so that's Maraval, uh, the the and it's and it's within. You said five miles. Did you say five miles of Port of Spain? Uh, yeah, but I would, yeah, six kilometers. Yeah. And what's the population of Maraval? Um, Maraval, we have about five thousand people. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, so there's there's probably enough people. Is it the kind of city where if you're walking down the road, you probably recognise pretty much everyone that you walk past? Um, not really, but <laughs> really, even with five thousand people, I would have thought you'd get to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's that it's that guy, it's that lady. But, but in some, uh, well, in in the Paramount area uh, where I frequent a lot because it's absolutely beautiful. Yes, I've come to know a lot of the people around um, the Paramount. So, but in Marvel. Hello, Nick. I'm still here, <laughs> but not necessarily in Marival, you said. We just had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, but Sonsi is back with us. So, um, Sonsi, if we can now get on to the... We were just talking about Marival there, uh, and uh, it's nice to know that you've got a good sort of balance between country and city, but let's get on to the part that we're quite excited to hear, the staple foods of, of Trinidad. What are they? Mm. There are many. Um, I like to say that we have an identity crisis here in Trinidad uh, because we're so diverse and mixed up. Uh, we have uh, the our main street food. You cannot come to Trinidad and not have doubles. That's our main street food. You can eat it for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. When you're liming and you have, uh, you know, take up. <laughs> With your drinks, uh-huh. you have doubles, and doubles we ha- um, we inherited it from the um, the Indian community. Okay, and that is here. Now they have altered it. It's not directly from India. They have altered it, so it is very much train um, the doubles. But it is absolutely delicious. It is made out of uh, a dough. It's a dough that we put saffron in, and it's a flat dough that is fried. And so you have two sides there. It's almost like a sandwich. Your two side starts, which is called bara, and then in the inside of that bara, we do a, we season up some chana and um, with with some curry powder and garlic, oh, and you serve that on top of the bara. But we don't stop there. Then you you have cucumbers that are done with a little bit of garlic, a little bit of seasoning in it, and mango sauce. So you have this the, the sweet and the savory all in one. Uh, you know, we call it a doubles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're bringing back memories because I think in tw- 2008, mm-hmm. I had them, 
I don't know if if you would have been there, but it was. I think we called them the UE doubles, University of West Indies, uh, with a chickpea. Yeah. And it was. I haven't had it for like twelve years now or something, and it's. Oh gosh, yeah, you're you're making me. Uh, <laughs> you're making yeah, me want to want to get these doubles again. Damn. And that was not even the best one that you had there. <laughs> it gets even better than that. Oh yes, 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 yes. There's a family. They they're called Sauce Doubles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They they have uh, branches all over the place, but that is the best. Okay, well, when, when I'm back to Trinidad, I'm going there. One hundred percent. I'm going to write that down. Definitely. And everyone else, write that down. If you go to Trinidad, hit up those doubles. Yes, de- definitely. So that, that's like a, our main street food. Um, we have doubles. And then we have for the beach, when you're hitting the beach or at uh, parties. Well, Trinidadians, we love to party. Of so course. at parties, you have the double. You definitely have a double stand. If you don't have a double stand and if you don't have a bacon shark stand, more than likely, what we say, the party pop down. The party pop down, did you say? Yeah, it busts, it busts, the party bus. If you don't have a double stand and you don't have a bacon jack stand, in the party bus. Yeah, so bacon jack is like fried dough again. Right. right. Um, and we, it's the shark, the fish um, that you fry and you put that on and you put lots of dressing on it, tamarind sauce, mango sauce, and uh, pineapple and oh. vegetables. And it's just... But that's that's not ackee and saltfish, is it? That's more that's more Jamaican. That, yeah, ackee and saltfish is Jamaican. Right, this right. one is is yeah. This is very trini. Very trini. Yeah, with very with trini. the um, sorry, no, go go forth, Sansi. Uh, well, that, that's just our street food, really. So traditionally, like on a Saturday, a Saturday, uh, we would normally have like oxtail soup or um, or something we call pila, which is. Uh, this is interesting because uh, it comes from our Spanish influence, Pilau. Mm. So it's a cook-up with rice and peas and meat. You can have beef or um, turkey or um, pork or mm. uh, chicken. But mm. generally speaking, we have um, this Pilau with, uh, with a coleslaw. So okay. chicken Pilau on a Sunday with a coleslaw and you have an oxtail soup as well. So it's basically like uh, rice and pea and ting. Sorry, say that again. It's it's basically a, a mashup of rice and pea and ting. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Is, is, is my accent bad? Uh, is, is my accent bad? <laughs> I had um, to give it a go. <laughs> this is your show, so I'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But um, yeah, I mean, you've got me. It's 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 almost lunchtime here in the UK, so I'm just I'm starving. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm not going to lie. It's yeah. uh, it's just a shame that I can't have some of that food. Uh, you could post it, but yeah, it would take quite a while to to get over here. Now, one one other thing I remember about Trinidad is that because I've I've been to you know Saint Lucia and uh, Barbados and a few of the islands, but the roti for me mm-hmm. was by far it wasn't even close. It was by far the best in the Caribbean in your island in mm-hmm. Trinidad. What do they do differently to the roti? Um, I, I I'm not sure. Um, but I know that we have the largest, we had the largest um, community of uh, indentured laborers from India in mm-hmm. Trinidad. Okay. So that has influenced a lot of our food. So I'm guessing that because of the amount uh, that we had and, and the time they were able to perfect the, the curry, um, 
but I'm not sure why it's different, but I, I know that that's a fact. <laughs> okay. okay. It is the best in the Caribbean. Yeah. It yeah. is the best. I mean, do you agree with that? Do you agree that it is the best in, in the Caribbean or is that just my opinion? No, no, no. It is the best in the Caribbean because then again, when you, um, I, I, there are derivatives of roti in India, but the our roti is indigenous to Trinidad. Mm. So it, it was probably born here and that's why it, it is um, so good. It, it was born and perfected here. Um, yeah, so you can get a, a, a beef roti and it's full of pumpkin and body and um, oh gosh, I'm getting myself hungry. <laughs> I wish it's, that we spoke um, about the food part at the end because I'm, <laughs> I'm seriously hungry and uh, you know I've, I've been quite low on sleep and I'm, I'm struggling to focus right now. But yeah, it's. I hope the audience can sense the. It's quite obvious, uh, Sansi, that from the way that you're talking, you you love the food of, of of the island that you've been born and raised in, and that's that's such a nice thing to know. So that when people can you know visit Trinidad, they they have to go there with the mindset, hey, I'm really going to start sampling the the dishes of of the cuisine that you guys have there. What are the the yeah. three most famous dishes? If I had to sort of say, give us, you know, it doesn't have to be in order, but just three famous dishes that people must try when they go to to, to Trinidad and Tobago. What what are those? I think it would be first and foremost doubles, um, and second bacon shark, and third uh, a chicken or beef roti, definitely. Okay. Um, but of course, that that is not the that's not the whole when it comes to our food. We have many more things, but those three things are you have not visited Trinidad properly if you have not had these three things. Okay. That's not good. one of the three, all three. All three. Yeah. <laughs> all three. Yeah, yeah. We, we will feed you till you're ready, <laughs> <laughs> no, That's brilliant. Well, I, I do remember when I came to your house, uh, this is obviously going back 13 years, but I still do remember I came to your house uh, with a friend and we were with obviously yourself and uh, I think your mum and dad were there. And it was a beautiful, I don't know what it was exactly, but it was just fantastic. I think there was a bit of rice and chicken, but it was done in a very unique kind of way. I mean, I eat that here as well. And there's even street food in in London and much of Europe that could be Caribbean. And don't get me wrong, it's nice, but that was that was banging, if I can say so myself. It was it was gorgeous. Um, God, I wish I knew what it was. <laughs> well, you probably have it most days, so it's it's probably just regular for you guys. But um, so we've we've spoken a bit about the food. Now let's talk about another um, prominent part of of the Trini culture, and that's music. So, what are the main yeah. genres uh, that are most popular in in Trinidad right now? Uh, right now, it will be soca and uh, chutney soca. Uh, those are the uh, most popular right now. But um, the mother of both would be calypso. Okay. It's funny, when you said chutney, yeah. I, I felt like we were moving away from the food subject, but then you said chutney, and I just immediately thought of mango chutney. Yeah, food is intricate to being Trini, you know, so we had to, you know, put a little bit of it in our music and chutney soca. Uh, and, and why they choose chutney, it's because it's a mix of the soca and the uh, the soca, um, which is from the, you know, uh, from the African slaves, uh, it's calypso, and then we got soca. But then chutney, what chutney really is, it's like a little uh, a bit of spice that we, we add to food. So you've, we've added the Indian touch to the soca, and that's why we get chutney soca. I love that. So it's, it's basically <laughs> you're taking your uh, your inspiration from the food there, and, and, and that's how maybe the naming mm-hmm. conventions have, have come about. There was another one that I read about. Is it called queso? 
Or is that is that kind of Kaiso, that, yeah. oh, that's Calypso. Oh, yeah. that is the yeah. same as Calypso. Okay. Calypso, yeah, yeah. So the uh, and that Kaiso would um, it it's it's sang around carnival time. Mm. I think you can't really talk about Trinidad and not talk about carnival. <laughs> We've got to speak about carnival. <laughs> We've got to speak about carnival. <laughs> yeah, and so so Kaiso, it's they usually use it for you know political commentary or social issues. They've used Calypso, Kaiso. Um, to for, for that purpose, but so in the beginning when Calypso was first formed, it was strictly about political and social issues, mm. and then um, in true Trini form, everything turns into a party. So then Calypso <laughs> was now you know transformed into dance music, and then from that we get soca, which is a faster beat, and really and truly when um, carnival time. Uh, the the most popular music would be your soca, your soca music, because that's what we play at all the fets before before carnival, on all the both days of carnival, after carnival. I mean, soca music is uh, really interesting. No, that's that's amazing. So what Definitely these 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 politicians of of Trini and uh, Trinidad and Tobago. So when they're having a serious discussion, do they just break out spontaneously into calypso dancing? <laughs> no, no, no. When they when they do foolishness, then the Calypsonians will sing about them and poke fun at them. Yeah. <laughs> right. How how does it differ from other island music? If it's compared to Jamaica or Martinique or Barbados, what's the comparison there? Um, Jamaica is reggae. Martinique will be like uh, zouk. Zouk. Um, I think perhaps. They, they've all come from the uh, from the Africa Afro uh, the slaves. The, so all of it we have a common. The common denominator will be the 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 beat, the drums, the beat. Um, but soca is really soca is really more party music. Reggae, you feel relaxed and you chill and. You know, but soca is a high energy, strictly party music. Okay, so yeah. that's that's the one to play yeah. when you're when you're chewing on your doubles and and having a nice chat with someone new. Yeah, that's the one that I play when I don't want to get off the bed. I put on some soca, preferably Kess. I love him, mm-hmm. and that will get me in the mood to get up, get ex- uh, you know, get my exercise and get up and face the day. Mm. By the way. Mm. I'm just having some Trinidadian rum. It's, uh, <laughs> I think it's called Coroni. Have I got that right? Caroni? Yeah, Caroni. That's the name of the rum? I think so. Caroni. Yeah, I might have to check it out. Is it, Are there any other famous rums from Trinidad? Oh, we have the Angostura, um, Angostura rum. Mm. Uh, yeah. Wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I just had to... Uh, I just decided that uh, I'm in such a sort of an island mood right now that I just had to sip on there. Uh, I made sure that I had some Caribbean. I should have told you, but um, I, I had to make sure that I had some Caribbean rum by by my uh, studio set up. So I'm just going to take one more Very sip. Nice. So. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, okay. But, um, you, you know, I have not mentioned, and I think um, if there are any Trinidadians listening to me, they would uh, be gunning for me now. I haven't mentioned our, our musical, our national musical instrument. What's your national music? Ah, oh, I think I know this, but but yeah, tell us. What what do you think it is? It's not the I don't know the steel drums or something. The steel pan, yeah, the steel pan. 
Is it really? Still fan. That, still fan. Yeah, okay. yeah, still fan. Yeah, the still fan. That's our national instrument. And it, um, that's probably the... We don't have a national food. We don't have a national dress because of how diverse and mixed we are. But we definitely have a national um, national instrument, which is the steel pan. And that's because it was invented here. Um, it's the only uh, percussion uh, instrument that has been invented in the 21st century. Wow. So, um, yeah, so the, the steel drum, it is... There's a beautiful history behind the steel drum, uh, the steel pan, sorry, the steel pan. And it plays a huge role um, before Carnival because uh, how pans started, they were banned from making music, right? The slaves, the, mm. the descendants of the slaves, they were wow, banned they were from actually making banned music. From wow, that's sad. Yeah, they were banned from making music. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, but they any little tin, anything, they would make an instrument out of it. And it was said that it was too noisy, that it was destructive, uh, especially since it came out of the very poor neighborhoods. Uh, but um, some boys decided to steal one of the drums that they store the oil in, and, and a discarded drum that um, they store the oil in, and they started to tune that. And out of that uh, drum, uh, they were able to uh, make more notes on that um on that steel pan and uh, you know the steel pan came about so in the early days it was frowned upon because it came from a poorer neighborhood and there were lots of excuse me there were gangs like you had the red ants against the falcons and, and it was very violent but um then people started to realize this music is absolutely beautiful so the middle class got involved and then it became more acceptable and they ended the violence and instead of having the violent clashes because of the um the sequence, you have musical clashes so around carnival there is a a huge festival panorama festival and this, I mean, I'm going to say huge, as in we have people from Japan coming in weeks before to play, to vibe a spot, to play in these bands. We have people from France, from, I mean, all over the world, they come down to, 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 to perform. And it's, it is really beautiful. There is nothing better than standing in, uh, my band is, um, my favorite band is BP Renegades. There's nothing better than standing in BP Renegades, Panyard at 2 a.m. in the morning, the night before semifinals, where they're doing all their runs. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of it. The music is phenomenal. Um, it, it is, <laughs> you feel like you're um, on a winter day and you get a bit of sun. You know that beautiful feeling you get? That's that's exactly what you get when you, you stand in a pan band, a pan yard, sorry, uh, a pan yard and, and the band is practicing. It is, I would recommend anybody coming to Trinidad. And if you're coming around that period, that carnival period, you need to do a pan yard crawl. That okay. is the thing to, that's it. That's the thing to do. That is the thing to do. Absolutely. I'm I'm here just just, uh, sipping on the rum, thinking about doubles. uh, (laughs) And and now you're talking about Mm -hmm. this, this scenario. And I feel like I'm almost there in Trinidad. That was a, that's a really nice story, Sonsi, the way that you, um, you you spoke us through that. It's nice to hear, you know, that even though these people were, or back in the day were from maybe poor disadvantaged backgrounds, they made these instruments out of very simple things. And and essentially it's, it's a story where, they they succeeded uh, over time yeah. to, to make that instrument part of the national culture, and I, I just think that is a triumphant story. Uh, and it's it's beautiful yeah. to know that 
it's it's got a legacy uh, in Trinidad and it's become such a a, a staple part of of your culture. It, on that kind of point, we, you know, we're speaking about the people from from the poor neighbourhoods and so on. We spoke, or you spoke, a little bit earlier about the uh, the mix and and the Indian uh, uh, twist on some of your dishes. So, getting to the ethnic mixes of Trinidad, the the people of Trinidad and Tobago are known to be a diverse uh, ethnic mix. So, could you speak us through that? Yeah, well, the um, major ethnic groups, groups in Trinidad would be the Af- Afro-Trinidadians and then the Indo-Trinidadians. I think every year it kind of back and forth as to um, who is more into uh, the mountain population. So I think right now perhaps we have um, more of an Indo-Trinidadian population as opposed to Af- Afro-Trinidadian, but they're like head on head. And then out of that mix, we have the Afro and the Indian Trinidadian, we get the Dogla population. That's what we lovingly call them, the Dogla population, which is a, um, uh, somebody who may be half African, half Indian. So we have a, that takes up a, a, quite a chunk in our population. And then we have the Chinese, the Syrian Lebanese, and everybody is just all very mixed up. That's and then we have the Spanish, Spanish as well. Spanish, well. of course, our proximity to Venezuela, we have lots of people with Spanish heritage. Yeah, no, as well. very so cool. It's, it's really a big melting pot. It's a big Kalaloo. No, uh, sorry, and I'm, I'm using Kalaloo like if you know what I mean. It's it's a dish. We mix up lots of vegetables, okra, coconut milk, that kind of thing. So it's a it's a really it's a big melting pot. Sure, it's a big melting pot. Awesome. I love the reference again to food, <laughs> music, people. <laughs> it can all be linked back to the food. That's. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Syrian Lebanese. So obviously they speak uh, they speak Arabic. You've got the Chinese population. So you've and then you've got the Spanish, and then of course the the English. So I suppose they're the four main languages um, of 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 TNT. Now speaking about no, the, I, I oh, don't not. think so. You know, it, no, no, I, I don't think the Syrian Lebanese uh, community speaks Arabic. Um, they're um, they're forefathers perhaps but uh now no i think oh so be- because they're yeah. oh i see what you mean so because they're maybe second or third generation and they've been raised in trinidad yeah. they haven't they've lost yeah. their, the the sort of mother tongue of their culture right so, so, that, so that's the same with the chinese population here as ah, well um you, you they've lost their, their language yeah so it's, it's it's very mixed up like my sister-in-law she has an, a chinese last name but her great-grandfather was chinese Right, you know, so so she's inherited, so she doesn't know much about, um, you know, the, the language at all, mm. you know. But but you can tell by looking at her that she may have some uh, Chinese in her. So with these mixes going on, how does that? How does that work on a daily basis? Are, are people quite uh, amicable towards each other uh, when it comes to friendships, marriage, job opportunities? You know, do, do the different sort of ethnic groups get on together? Do they view each other as one or? or does it sort of play into some trouble at times? Um, mostly, mostly we live peace, peaceably. So it, when we say we're the the New York of the Caribbean, it's much like that. New York is very diverse but very mixed, right? So it, it's 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 very much like that. We're very diverse, but very mixed. So it's not uncommon for for. For um, me as a Trinidadian, who is Afro-Trinidadian, to have a great-grandparent who may have been Indian. Um, you know what I mean? So mm. we are, we, like every country, we'd have our issues. 
but mainly we are very mixed and, and live peaceably, especially around carnival time. <laughs> <laughs> when it's the party, when it's the party spirit yes, that brings you together. When it's a huge party. <laughs> how, yeah. how can you not get on when you've got party. carnival, you've got the calypso, you've got the doubles and the roti? Come on. I mean, people have got to get on with all that surrounding them, all that love. so is it is it safe for men and for women in in the big both the big cities and in sort of out in the countryside in the daytime and in the night would you say it's quite a safe country um we have our problems we're a developing country so we have uh developing countries problems um so the crime is getting a, a um a bit higher now, mm-hmm. but the thing is that it is usually associated with gang violence. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's usually associated with gang violence, but I will not recommend a young woman who's coming to Trinidad alone to take, um, you know, uh, a taxi that she may not know or a, a well uh, distinguished, okay, this is a taxi. I, I wouldn't recommend to do that and do things alone. Um uh, like any other place, you need to to be aware of your surroundings. You need to, you know, there are places that you will not enter. Like like I was telling you about my favorite pan ban. Um, it, it's BP Renegades. It is located on one of the toughest streets in Port of Spain. Um, so normally I will not walk down that street, but around carnival period, uh, it's almost as though there's an understanding that you don't trouble people around that time. So you would find me and some friends walking from 2 or 3 a.m. When, when that pan, panyard um, is on a break, I'll walk to the next, the, uh, the, the next panyard, which is on an even tougher street. Excuse me, sorry. An even tougher street. Um, it's behind the bridge to Masios does. And at that time, it is safe. You'd see, uh, you know, parents with their children around 3 a.m. walking to the next panyard. Around that time, it is safe. So, so we, yes, there are places that you just don't go and enter, venture into, especially if you're not from there. Um, but I guess in, in oil countries, they, yeah. Yeah, there's always that. places like that in pretty much everywhere you go. That kind of segues though into my next question because you were mentioning about if, if it is a, a young lady coming uh, to Trinidad, maybe on her own to be careful of using taxis or, or so on and so forth, being alone in certain areas. But on that point, just as a general question, how, how many tourists do you receive uh, to your country each year? Is it, is it, is the touristic industry quite big there in Trinidad? Um, uh, we are not really big on tourism except at carnival time. At carnival time, we have many people. I can't remember the figures. Um, um, I can't remember the figures, the statistics, but around carnival time, we have the greatest influx of people. Right. Um, you, you can't, you can't get a hotel if you haven't booked from August the previous year. Damn. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Most people, as they're checking out from Carnival, as they're checking out, they make their booking like two weeks after or on, on the day that they're checking out, they make their booking for the Carnival the next year. So Carnival is really our highest season. But um, around the year, we really have business tourism. Or or we'll have... Um, uh, Lots of Germans uh, come to Trinidad Tobago for you know for bird watching and you know ecotourism, okay. uh, but really and truly the, the the greater portion of visitors they would come in for carnival, yeah, yeah. Trinidadian diaspora and 
you know, so they come, coming in. That they, they come in all that way just for for bird watching. Yeah. What, yeah, what, what sort of birds? We call them the hummingbird. Ah, uh, for the hummingbird. So, so what sort of birds do you have on the island? Is it is it predominantly for the hummingbird population that they come? Hey, are you trying to embarrass me again? Now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put you on the spot and, and test your knowledge of, of the of the ecosystems of Trinidad. Uh, right, I know we have kiskadees, we have uh, hummingbirds, um, we have uh, blue jays, we have oh, how could I forget the carny swamp? It's um, we have the scarlet ibis and the pelican. Those are national birds. Oh wow. Um, yes, College Ibis and Pelican. That is an amazing sight to see on an evening. Um, if you go to the Caribbean Swamp, you can see thousands of these pink birds um, uh, coming in to nest in the swamps. Yeah, yeah. Sounds beautiful. Um, Sansi, I've got one final question for you. I love the Trinidadian accent, and we've we've been delighted to hear the way that you've been speaking uh, to us on this on this interview so far, but. Just before we let you go, could you teach us a few Trinidadian slangs? All right. Okay. So if you find that a boy is really head over heels over a girl, we normally say that he is bazodi for a, a woman. Bazodi. Like if you're head over heels, light-headed in love for a uh, girl, she's uh-huh. bazodi over a woman. Now, if that goes sour and he's heartbroken, we normally say that he, he's experiencing a, a tabanka. Say that again, a tabanka. Tabanka, yeah. He's experiencing a tabanka, heartbroken, lovesick. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, and I, I like the title of your podcast, The Inquisitive Tourist. But in Trinidad, we will say the Makoshas Tourist. <laughs> yeah. I might have to change the name of the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 you know, it's usually, um, it's playful, yeah. So, it's, you know, you could use it as, oh, gosh, this person is a Mako boy, but they're nosy. They're nosy. It's a nosy person. Oh, inquisitive, yeah? Interesting. Interesting. And then the one that I received a lot as a child, if I did something silly, my mother would ask, yeah, what is it? what's wrong with you? Your daughter, show what? And it's stupid, of course. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. And um, of course, we, and Bacchanal. It's confusion, commerce, carnival is all about Bacchanal, you know. Okay. So there's quite a few slangs that you guys use in, in daily language. I, I remember when I was there, actually, and one that I got taught, and you're probably going to laugh at this. I don't know if it was a, a joke or if it was serious, but apparently when you're walking down the road, if you see a nice lady, you sort of look at them and, and you, you yell out, Famale! you know, as if to say, like, I want to make a family with you. Is that true? Is that actually a slang, or was I lied to? No, it's a slang family, but you, know, you, you can use that in any situation. Anybody you want to get their attention, hey, family, come now. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not it's not just to the ladies to, of the road. To, okay. Yeah, but it, you know, it's usually used by guys to you know to heal heal a cute chick. You know, <laughs> hey, family, <laughs> you know, come okay. over. So to, to all the uh, the men listening to this podcast, when you hit Trini, you know what to do. <laughs> Based on based on the advice of Santi Francis. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> well, no, Santi, though, legit, it's it's been an absolute uh, privilege to have you on. Thanks so much for for taking the time. I know it's very early morning for you. Thanks for taking the time to to speak about life in TNT, Trinidad and Tobago. We've learned so much about you know the people, the music, and and the food. Uh, oh, it's been a privilege. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my guest today was Sansi Francis from Marival, 
Trinidad and Tobago. We've learned so much about her culture, the food, the music and the people. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it. My name is Nate Ralph and you've been listening to another episode of The Inquisitive Tourist.